Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. In this podcast, I'm going to talk you through the first week or so of the Advent Challenge, which started on uh, December the 1st. And all it is, is a quick 10 minute task that you do every day that will really raise the level of your academic writing. It's designed to be aimed at uh, task two writing and every day you have a little sentence to read and learn about and then you post your own in the Facebook group. If you haven't started, no worries, everything's still there. All you need to do is go to my website and find in the menu that says Advent Adventure and then scroll down and you can see there's a looks like an advent calendar and 25 days and you click open uh, day one and you can see there's your first sentence and all of these sentences um, build to make a, a paragraph so not only focusing on the grammar of one sentence but also how that uh, point expands with examples and explanations uh, to give you a nice paragraph. So when we look at day one, it's got a sentence beginning with A. It's alphabetical as well. With the advent of the internet, information is immediately available through computers and other smart devices. So it's a nice general statement that you could use at the start of your task two essay. And Advent is a less common word. It has two meanings. Advent is what we're doing now. It's the kind of lead up to Christmas. But it has another meaning and it means the, the coming with the arrival of the Internet. So it's a really useful one to use when you're reflecting maybe on, on changes um, over recent, well, over the last few years or, or recent history, doesn't matter. Notice the grammar with the advent of the internet and internet always has the and this is quite a good example. You can use it to talk about maybe online shopping, for example, or online learning, something like that. So the advent of something, when you click through, takes you to a page where it gives you a bit more information about that word. And it says here, the time when something first began to be widely used, for example, the internet, personal computers, robots, penicillin, air conditioning, word processors, TV, even scientific thinking or air travel for all, any of those developments um, can introduce uh, a point that you're making about how that has affected society. Pronunciation is advent with the stress on the first syllable. And you don't have to use with, you can start with the sentence, for example, the advent of the internet has raised many concerns regarding people's ability to retain information. So it's a nice way of using present perfect to talk about recent developments. Or one more example, since the advent of cheap air travel, many beauty spots have been ruined by mass tourism. And that is the use of the word advent. When you go to my Facebook 
page, you can see that people have given me lots of examples. They've used it in different situations and I have marked them. And what I'm noticing is that people doing it every day are really making such progress by uh, just tweaking it a little bit. It could be articles maybe, could be starting with an ing or a noun form to make it sound more formal. And I already think it's making a huge difference. So I'm looking at day two now. Day two, remember it leads on from the previous sentence. And this is another good example because it's an example of concession. It says, Although, the, although this development has brought real benefits, some people are concerned about its impact on learning. So if you go to my website, you'll find a lesson on concession beginning with although. It shows that you're thinking critically. You're analysing both sides. You're aware of both sides. And this is a great uh, construction to use in the introduction or even in the conclusion. So when you click on benefits on day two there, brings you to another page to help you use the word benefit. Now, it's not a difficult word. You probably use it with drawbacks, advantages, disadvantages. They are all synonyms. But what you will learn in this lesson, this day two lesson, is to add appropriate adjectives to make um, that sound or to make your writing more precise. So you could talk about the size of the benefit. So considerable um, enormous, great, major, real, substantial. Uh, for example, this policy could bring real benefits for teachers. And you can see on the site, I've put brackets where you could change um, the word. You could say this development has brought real benefits for parents. Anything could go in those gaps. Um, additional. Um, mutual, the different environmental groups could work together to their mutual benefit. A potential benefit, maybe not realised yet. Long-term benefits, short-term benefits, or you can choose one of these um, thinking tree adjectives that I use a lot. Economic benefits, environmental, financial, health benefits, social benefits. Because benefit is a noun, it's formal. And if you add an adjective to it, it makes it even better. There are some expressions also useful, um, maybe for the conclusion. This option would be to everyone's benefit. Just learn that. That, that sentence in itself is an excellent expression. This option would be of benefit to everyone. Um, People managed to survive without the benefit of modern technology. So lovely expressions that you can learn. Benefit is also, of course, a verb and you could vary your sentence structure. You could say these laws will clearly benefit those earning the most money. So if you're thinking about taxing petrol, maybe, obviously that um, benefits people who can afford uh, to pay for petrol and it disadvantages people who can't. 
So it shows analysis. And the other meaning of benefit is um, money that the government gives to people, for example, who are unemployed or, or need help. And it's called welfare benefits. Um, it's always controversial, of course. So it's a really useful uh, point to make in your task too. One way to cut spending is or might be to reduce or restrict unemployment and welfare benefits. That's certainly what our government has done very unfairly, but that's another issue. But you can you can see already that it's given you so much flexibility just from that single word. Let's go back now. Let's look at day three. Day three is the letter C and uh, the window opens. It says having information at our fingertips is convenient, but serious consideration needs to be given to how this is affecting academic achievement. Now, when I did my Friday feedback with my Members Academy this week, it was lovely to see these phrases entering their task too. They talked about serious consideration needs to be given. And that whole expression in itself is useful. But other things about this sentence, having the ing form at the start. Um, again, it's a kind of concession. It's saying, yes, it's good to have all this information, but we need to think about how this is affecting education. It's a passive phrase. Consideration needs to be given. It's a noun. Serious is an adjective, so it's precise. So all of those are adding up, adding up your points total in your task two. And you click through and you see the example there. Notice it is uncountable and formal. The meaning is careful thought and attention. Um, synonyms or collocations, you could say serious, um, careful, further consideration, adequate, due, proper, sufficient, all of those. For example, this argument deserves further consideration. Both options require adequate consideration of the costs. So you can be specific again. Other adjectives which you can use with the, con the countable form of consideration. For example, economic, environmental, ethical, financial, political, practical. These are what I call the thinking tree adjectives. If you haven't seen my lesson about the thinking tree, just let me know and I'll, I'll drop a, a link. Um, it's, it's a way of brainstorming um, aspects of the question. So most Task two questions have an economic aspect or impact, environmental, ethical, financial, political or practical. Of course, you can talk about size, important, key, main, major, primary. And some examples of that, um, how to show you that it's countable. For women with dependent children thinking about going out to work, the cost of childcare is a major consideration. The cost of childcare is an important consideration when returning to work. 
or there are several important safety or financial considerations that must be taken into account. Again, that lovely expression that you can learn. Moving on now to day four. On day four, we're looking at the letter D and the sentence is this. Research shows that despite being highly proficient in their use of technology, young people are losing the ability to retain information for long periods of time. So again, we've got the uh, concession that although they are really good at technology, there is a drawback. They, They are losing this ability to remember stuff. The word is despite and it's a really tricky word. So I made a special blog all about how to use despite and in spite of. That's on my website. The link will take you through. What's the problem with despite? Well, it's it's grammatically a problem. The meaning, you know, listen to those these four sentences. IELTS is difficult, but I enjoy it. IELTS is difficult. However, I enjoy it. Although IELTS is difficult, I enjoy it. Despite the fact that IELTS is difficult, I enjoy it. So my question is, was <coughs> the meaning the same or, the dif- or different? And what is the difference between those four methods? So you click on the answer on my website and it tells you the meaning is the same. Um, Each sentence shows you uh, a contrast and they kind of go in order of difficulty. So, but is pretty simple, however, is more advanced, although it's more advanced again. And despite is really advanced because it's dangerous. So I'd like you to listen to these three sentences and think about what is the difference in terms of grammar. One. Despite the fact that IELTS is difficult, I enjoy it. Number two, despite IELTS being difficult, I enjoy it. Number three, despite the difficulty of IELTS, I enjoy it. So you can see that there are three ways of using despite. The first one's actually the easiest. If you simply learn, despite the fact that, as a whole phrase and followed by a subject, verb and object. The second way is to use an ing form. And the third way is to use a noun after despite. So you've got those three options. And then on the website, you've got a kind of little practice session where I want you to think about how you could use despite to transform this sentence. The exam was difficult, but I passed. So think of those three ways. Easiest one, despite the fact that the exam was difficult, I passed. ING form, despite the exam being difficult, I passed. That's a band seven. And despite the difficulty of the exam, I passed. That's despite plus noun and it's band seven plus. Why? Well, it's often very difficult to find the noun form and it's more academic. So the the third option, despite plus noun, is the one to aim for if you can. Now, there are common mistakes. And when we did our practice in the Facebook, A lot of people made this mistake. What's wrong with it? Despite of the exam was difficult, I passed. 
Well, the main mistake there is the of. Um, despite does not have of. That's where people mix it up with in spite of. So you've got to be really clear about which one you're using. Despite the exam was difficult is another uh, error. What's wrong with it? Well, you can't follow despite with a normal sentence, subject, verb or object. You either put despite the fact that or ing or a noun. And go to that page as well to compare despite with although and even though and though. So that was D. Let's move on now. Let's click back. I'm doing this as a video, by the way, so you can watch it on YouTube if you want to follow the, the writing as well. On day five, this is the last sentence of that group. And the letter is E. This has had a detrimental effect on their ability to process information. Therefore, we should look at ways of addressing this worrying issue. It kind of ends that sentence, um, I mean that paragraph about the effect of technology and the, the opinion is a detrimental effect, it's had a negative effect and there's a so what at the end, therefore so what and there's a recommendation, we should look at ways of addressing this issue and notice for every noun I've put an adjective, a detrimental effect a worrying issue and you click through to effect this causes problems too I think possibly because of the spelling and the pronunciation the pronunciation of affect with an a and effect with an e is the same um, so it's effect it's a weak form at the start so it's a uh sound effect is the same for the noun form and the verb form. So go to my blog again and you can see the simple difference is one is a verb with a and the other one is a noun. Um, how can you remember the difference? I always stop myself before I write them. I think ah is that a or e and my husband came up with this solution. If you think a is an action so affect is an action that's the verb you don't want the verb effect with the e is an effort to remember it's a noun i don't know have a look at my website see if that will help you a little bit but certainly effect with the e is used more often um i think i checked on ludwig guru and ludwig said yes um so what you need is to think of more effective ways of using effect and as we saw before um, one way to do this is to add adjectives to be more precise and what kind of effect was, are you, was it? What kind of effect are you talking about? Could be in terms of size, so considerable, enormous, great, high, important, major, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, powerful, profound, significant, substantial, tremendous. Or the opposite, small, limited, marginal, minimal, negligible. Or you could talk about it having a growing or increasing effect. You could talk about the type of effect, maybe it's a combined 
effect. So in, in the UK at the moment, the economy is suffering from the combined effect of COVID and Brexit. Um, cumulative, knock on, direct. And you could talk also about time. Um, again, a long term effect or a short term effect, far reaching effect, immediate even. So a good sentence here, it is important to appreciate the wider impact and implications of such a policy. You could remember that and apply it to any policy. Um, of course, there are negative effects, um, disastrous, damaging, catastrophic, serious, severe or positive, beneficial, favourable. And then you've got the discussion clock types, um, maybe a, a physical effect or cultural effect, ecological, emotional, financial, uh, political, psychological, psychological, social, all of those. For example, the environmental impact of wind farms needs to be assessed. Um, there's also the greenhouse effect, which comes up a lot in IELTS, the gradual warming of the air surrounding the earth as a result of heat being trapped by pollution. I analyse the difference between effect and impact. And there is a slight difference. Some, If you go to some websites, I've, I've put the link in the blog, um, they do say that impact, impact is maybe more serious. Um, but... To be honest, for the purposes of IELTS, it, it won't make much difference if you say impact or effect. And of course, impact um, can be a verb as well. Um, there are other ways of expressing effects and you can see a whole list on my website. For example, it makes things better or it makes things worse. And there are two sets of verbs related to these. So makes things better, it improves, enhances, helps, and benefits, encourages, brings, offers, increases, boosts, all of those. Makes things worse, exacerbates the problem, hampers or handicaps people, prevents people from doing things, deprives people of. There's a whole list and it's really important to make sure you've got those in your active vocabulary because it will help you to analyse uh, consequences and to talk about results. So that was the first five days. I'm going to go on a little bit. Um, I'm going to look at number six, the sixth door. And uh, six is F. It starts a new topic about how to reduce crime. And it starts again with this concession. Although a world without crime may not be feasible, there must be ways of reducing the number of incidences. So feasible is simply a, a synonym for possible. And uh, in this sentence, we've got concession again, although it may not be feasible. And notice the hedging here. It may not be feasible there must be ways of reducing the number of incidences. Um, I don't think I made a blog on that. No, we just practiced that in the Facebook group. So that was day six. 
Day seven is looking at the letter G. This was really popular in the Facebook group. Lots of lovely sentences and my members academy using it as well. The word is guarantee and it starts with the ING form, educating young people by no means guarantees that they will stop committing offences. Um, notice that, so I put a little quiz there, quiz question about how do you pronounce guarantee. Lots of people say guarantee, but it's a silent U, it's simply guarantee. So you can click on that in the advent calendar and there's a link there so you can go to Uglish to check it out yourself. Um, look at this sentence, by no means guarantees. That's an even higher level way of saying it does not guarantee. And again, learning that expression by no means guarantees gives you a kind of strength, a strong, powerful argument. Guarantee means, of course, that to make certain that something will happen. It shows that you're thinking critically about problems and solutions. Um, you're recognising the problem is complicated, not easy to solve, showing sophisticated thoughts, and it shows your awareness of the bigger picture. However much we try, we cannot guarantee success. So here are the expressions. Um, Talent by no means guarantees success in movies, for example. There are lots of talented people, but this doesn't guarantee success. Um, in the passive form, this latest incident is guaranteed to make the situation worse. Also with a noun form, which we like in academic IELTS, there's no guarantee that this strategy, strategy will work. Um, so there are lots of example sentences there for you to practice. Um, think about everyday common topics in the news. Banning plastic does not guarantee a cleaner ocean because the damage has already been done. Um, if civilization collapsed, it is not guaranteed that the world would cover recover. So it could affect many future generations. So there's a kind of... Okay, it's not guaranteed, why not or so what at the end to extend your sentence a little. Going back to day eight now. Day eight is, oh yes, here, I made a quiz for this one. Um, so it's H and the word is heighten. Um, it's a good word to use. Again, it's a less common way of saying increase and it has certain uh, collocations that go with it. So social deprivation and unstable family life heighten the likelihood of people turning to crime. Um, heighten is a word formation. You can see there's a quiz when you click on that link. It takes you through to the word formation page. Maybe you've seen that before but I've added now something new so there's a lovely quiz there um, for you to practice all of your verbs ending in EN. So for example, the first question, some people think the school day is too short and want to make it longer. What's the verb? 
and you type it in and you put lengthen and you check and it gives you instant answers. So this is a new thing that I'm developing. I've worked out how to make these quizzes on my site. So keep watching for more. Um, in the Facebook group, we did have a few problems with Heighten um, because it doesn't collocate with everything. So if you go to the Facebook group, you'll see um, I made a whole list of things that Heighten collocates with, like Heighten Tension or Heighten Awareness. Let's have a look at nine. Nine is I and the sentence is this, however difficult a person's background and family circumstances, antisocial behaviour is not inevitable. Um, inevitable meaning unavoidable. Um, when I click on it, it takes you through to a practice with words ending in able, like inevitable, or able, um, like possible. Again, pronunciation is very, very similar, if not the same. Inevitable, possible, yeah, <laughs> um, it is the same. So when you're doing the listening test, for example, it's, it's quite, you know, they're testing your, your spelling. So I did some research and I found there is actually a rule. Of course, not always true, but there is a rule. And the rule is that Words which end in able, um, like acceptable, avoidable, considerable, enjoyable. What do you notice about those words? Fashionable, predictable, preventable, questionable. They all have a root verb which can stand alone without able. So accept, acceptable, avoid, avoidable. That's the rule. Go and have a look at my site. You'll see the list. Whereas words which end in able, I-B-L-E, don't have this root form that is standalone. So audible, compatible, credible, edible. You can't say there's a verb eddy, edible. It just doesn't work. Feasible, horrible. Um, they have roots, of course, but the root words don't stand alone. So horrible comes from horror, but it's not horrible, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Um, so that's one way to remember the difference, but there are some exceptions and you just have to learn them, really. Um, so there is convertible, corruptible, destructible, flexible, irresistible. The ones ending in T tend to have I-B-L-E. And there are some able words which don't have the original word as a separate word, like applicable, available, durable, hospitable, inevitable. Um, so go to the site and just check out other spelling rules that will help you, especially in the listening. Words maybe like um, it's debatable, um, you drop the E or um, arguable. Whereas words like notice and replace do not drop the E. So noticeable needs the E, irreplaceable. Why? Because you need to keep that S sound, the C sound, so you keep the E. There are some words where you need to double the letter, like forgettable, double T, programmable, double M. And the last one, words like demonstrate change to demonstrable. 
negotiate, negotiable. The pronunci pronunciation changes as well. And finally, again, <laughs> any word which ends in Y will change the spelling to deny, deniable. What happens? Change the spelling from Y to I. Justify, justifiable. Okay, so that is the able and ible. And I think we're coming up to the most recent one now, which is day 10. I think I'll stop on day 10. Right, last one then. So, day 10, while some people use the challenges of their lives to justify their actions, we should take steps to ensure that every citizen knows right from wrong. So, to justify, this is an important word. And again, I've got a page to help you with that, to help you use it well in IELTS. Uh, for example, what does it mean? Okay, it means to give an acceptable explanation for something that other people think is unreasonable. Um, so, for example, it is impossible to justify spending so much money on weapons. So, some people might think it's okay to spend money on weapons or anything. Brexit, <laughs> Christmas, one wedding day. Um, it's hard to justify, to, um, to give an acceptable explanation, to say it's okay. And another one in the passive, no matter what the circumstances, street violence cannot be justified. That's the passive form. There's also justification. Um, there is no justifi justification for cruelty. Um, I put some uh, famous quotes on Instagram like that. There's no justification for war. Um, what justification can there be for paying women lower wages? Okay, so that's justify. That is day 10. I might as well carry on because we're coming up to day 13. I'll do 11 and 12. So day 11 is a key factor. K is for key. A key factor in deciding whether to study online or not is the nature of the course itself. This is a new topic talking about online learning. So you look at key and you click and it goes to the blog about factor and reason. Factor and reason and cause are very often confused. So listen or look at these five sentences. Stress is a major factor in many illnesses. Stress is the main cause of many illnesses. The primary reason for many illnesses is stress. So already you've seen those three used differently. Um, factor in, cause of, different preposition and reason for. And then you've got many illnesses are mainly due to stress. Many illnesses are caused by stress. So for all of those words, there's a different preposition. So that's, that's one thing to notice. Um, you've also got a lot of collocations like a contributing factor, important factor, key factor, major factor, crucial factor and... 
there are some expressions you can use like these are key factors to consider when buying a house or there are many factors to take into account. Um, so do go and check that out and you'll get all of the examples and practice versions on the blog. And I think we're up to date. Let me just check 12. Sorry, 12 is, oh, location. Right, so this was today's. This is Saturday. Um, if the location of the student's home is far from the nearest college, online learning may be the only way. Remember, it's linked to the previous one. And this one, when you click it, it takes you to a really fun site that I found. Um, remember, my job is to do all the hard work for you. So I look at all the rubbish sites and I find the best ones. This is the best one. This practices all of those words which end in shun. Again, same pronunciation, pollution, politician, uh, suspension, all sound the same, but have different spellings. So you can see there, there's a lovely, uh, lovely exercise practice there. You have to complete them all and then check everything at the end. It does give you another link as well to words which end in shun, which sound like jeune, like explosion. But you can go there by yourself and find out and, and practice that now by yourself. So uh, hopefully that has helped you um, or that has brought you up to speed with my Advent challenge and given you a few tips about where to look. Tomorrow is Sunday, so we're about halfway through. Tomorrow is day 13. I won't open that yet. I hope to see you there. It's really easy to find on my website. Just go and look in the menu and you can see Advent Adventure um, very clearly and then just play around, open the doors and go to the exercise or also remember follow me on Instagram and you get all of these extra little um, tips from the daily posts. I'm, I'm showing you this again on Facebook so you can see what I make every day. You can see there are little uh, examples and gap fills and uh, just a few little extra things that I think about um, when I'm making them. Oh, here we go, here's heighten. Heighten the likelihood of, the awareness of, anxiety, fear, tension, the atmosphere, interest in and here are all the en verbs, lengthen, straighten, strengthen, weaken, widen, broaden, shorten, enlarge. You can find all of those if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I put them there, of course, in the private group you can join. It's completely free. And those are the quotes I told you about with justify. So, um... Every lie has two parts, the one we tell others and the one we tell ourselves to justify it. Yeah. OK, great. So, as I mentioned, I'm going to put this on YouTube if you want to go and have a look at it there. Um, do let me know if you're enjoying the Advent Challenge. Um, please go and give me a like on Facebook. That really helps. Um, if you'd like to contribute to help, this is totally free, but you can click on the little cup 
on my website and um, that will allow you to help me help others by sponsoring the Advent Challenge um, and just uh, it's called buy me a coffee and you just can sponsor as, as much as you want starting at five dollars and that then helps you helps me buy all the tools that I'm using so you, this is a tool I bought and paid for um, it's helping a lot of people and if you'd like to help just click on that link there go to buy me a coffee and it's it's very simple to do online thanks very much guys thanks for listening thanks for watching and i'll see you next time with the catch-up for the advent bye bye